I'm Marissa Donnelly, host of the Vulnerability Podcast, a podcast series focused on being vulnerable, being emotional, being deep, and talking about topics that people often shy away from. In this podcast series, you'll see stories of faith, hope, inspiration, darkness, frustration, and everything that really challenges us to speak to our human experience and to do so in shedding our skins and being vulnerable. Welcome back to the Vulnerability Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Donnelly, and today I have Allison Davis with me. Allison Davis is the founder of Allison Davis Photography. She's a professional photographer for over 13 years, and she's the author and photographer of Revealed at the Edge, a collection of fine art photography and anecdotes on her journey across the West Coast during a global pandemic, no less. And I also want to just introduce her as a friend. I'm blessed to know her, and we also live in the same area in San Diego. So welcome, Allison and I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Marissa. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to dive into it. So Revealed at the Edge is what brought us in connection. And just to give my listeners a little bit of a backstory, um, it was on a Facebook post, I believe, that I saw Allison Mm -hmm. and posted, you know, I traveled, you know, the West Coast. I took pictures over COVID. Um, I'm looking for people to connect with and, you know, share my vision and share this book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to meet this girl because (laughs) in a time where everything was so disrupted and different and painful and hard and nobody knew what they were doing with work, with school, with with all of the things. Um, I just was so called to you and your journey and just how you made something so beautiful out of something so challenging. So can you talk about what I guess led you to do this journey in the first place? Because I think, you know, so many of us during COVID, either we picked up, you know, like I'm going to cook or, you know, I'm going to pick up this little passion project. But for you, it was like a total career pivot almost. Yeah. And honestly, so many things led me to what is now what I'm calling like an end result. But I like everybody else, I started out doing puzzles that were really hard. I was working out in my living room. I was taking a million walks. Um, I, I was trying to occupy my time in my mind because I'm a wedding photographer and obviously all the weddings that were scheduled or supposed to happen events, um, they were all postponed pretty much indefinitely. And Mm -hmm. even after listening to wedding planners, they were saying they weren't going to take on any new work for 2020. And this was in March. And I was terrified because this is my sole income. It's all I've been doing for the last 13 years. And I was so concerned, like, how am I going to make it through this year? If all of my opportunity to create an income are gone, um, what am I going to do? And it wasn't just that, but like being a wedding photographer is that it has been a huge source of joy for me because I love telling people's stories. I love being a part of their celebrations And so there was also this loss of a loss of celebration. And so I was, I was honestly just like trying to figure out what to do. So among many of the things I did, I tried to just get a job, uh, which I haven't had a job in 13 years. And I tried to pivot into real estate photography. And after getting a hang of it, doing it for a couple of months, there was just one day I I was ready to throw my camera out the window. I was so mad, so uninspired, so frustrated because I knew that I had so much more to offer the world than shooting four walls. 
like my creativity was completely sucked out of me. The joy was completely sucked out of me. And I was like, I have got to do something different or I'm going to hate photography. And I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens. So I quit that job. <laughs> I gave them two weeks and they said, oh, well, tomorrow can be your last day. And I said, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and, and I immediately started working on other things. And during this time, I'd also revamped my wedding photography website. Um, I thought, well, maybe I can get into family photography because that's always great. But then I was new to San Diego. And so part of my issue is that I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any personal contacts. I had like three good friends I made before the pandemic. And if it weren't for them, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but I, I tried to do that. And then I realized so, so quickly that that was going to fail. And then I had been doing, um, I'd been doing this book called The Artist's Way. And it's a search just kind of like to help you unblock creativity. And I've been doing courses, um, the Coursera course on the course, um, the search for like the meaning of happiness or the, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called, the science of happiness. And I'd been taking creative live classes um, to work on my photography. All these things brewing together um, led me to revisit at the beginning of 2020, I'd been praying about how to use my time. Um, I had a lot of time, even as a wedding photographer full-time, I kind of have all my systems in place. I run my business very well and efficiently. And so I was praying about like what kind of personal projects I could do. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun just to like photograph the beaches of San Diego? Like it's beautiful. It's why I moved here. So I was thinking about doing like a sunrise project or a sunset project. And then honestly, the wheels just started going. They were like, well, all you have is time now. Like, what if you did something more than that? What if you, what if I photographed the whole coastline of California? And I was like, well, why even stop there? I was like, what if I could do the whole West coast? And I like, I look, I thought about it and I was like, that sounds really hard and kind of awesome. You know, like, it's not like this is like an easy project or something where I was thinking, oh, I'll do this over the course of the next 10 years, you know, and a lot of photographers who create books, it's a, it's a culmination of their work um, from five, 10, 20 years. And for me being a storyteller, my background was that I was a journalist. I love this idea of creating a body of work within a tight time frame and saying like, here's my time to pursue creating. Let's see what I come up with. And I had no idea what I was going to come away with in this whole process. And as I set out on my trip, um, there were the wildfires were going and that definitely added to the stress of what am I even going to be able to shoot because there's so much smoke and fog and haze I don't even know if I'll find anything because there's no clarity in the sky. And these are terrible conditions to, to start pursuing a photography project. But I had already started and I was like, I'm going to go. And my whole, my whole quest was just to seek what I could find at the edge. What, what would be revealed to me by pursuing beauty, by um, spending time with God, by spending time in creation and just seeing what I could find. And in that pursuit, every day I had to work through, you know, unideal circumstances. I had to um, basically, you know, I was up in Washington and it was completely smoky, hazy, foggy for like the eight days I was there. And I was still able to find such beauty, even in terrible circumstances. 
And it's really easy as a photographer to take pictures on a perfectly beautiful day where it's sunny and 75 and there's a few white poofy clouds. Like that's easy. And so I love that I was like challenging myself to pursue beauty and to pursue pretty in unideal circumstances, just to see what I could find. And that's what the book is, is this pursuit of beauty. And well, during all this, I'm wrestling with the loss of what I've lost for the year. And what am I going to do with my life? And where is this going to go? And will this be anything? Or is this just going to be some random adventure? Um, and I was able to turn it into something I'm really proud about um, through my writing and through the shooting and the work I was able to produce in this body of time. I'm really stoked to share with you what I found. Yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked. I mean, from that original Facebook post through getting to know you, um, you know, as a client and both as a friend, and just seeing the the heart behind the journey, it's really been inspiring. And I think everything that you just shared about searching for beauty in devastating times—it's like such a huge metaphor for not only this pandemic but life itself. That sometimes we we go through things or we experience change or loss or heartbreak or whatever it is. And, you know, when you're in that painful moment, that's all you see. Um, but then sometimes it's like when you go out and you actively try to pursue beauty or you try to look at life and say, okay, well, what what is this, whatever it is, this tragic moment, this difficult time, this global stinking pandemic, like what is this revealing mm-hmm. to me? Um, and it's it's incredible what what is often revealed or what is brought to the surface, um, you know, the processing through different emotions, the the beautiful moments in nature, the time to reflect. I mean, the wildfires and how devastating that was for not only the areas in which they happened, but the whole world to just be like, whoa, you know, it's just so many pivotal moments of reflection. And that's captured and expressed in your book through these photos that are like, whoa, I mean, you, you cataloged a time a period of time where, you know, the whole world was in, in stillness, but in mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. And it, it was like, it's definitely a, a season of collective loss. And, you know, well, I want to, I want to acknowledge that, um, through the book and through the process that like everybody lost something during this last year. And I know we all feel like we lost time. Um, and we lost, I mean, people lost loved ones, people lost jobs, people lost a lot of things. And, you know, that's definitely something I want to acknowledge during this time. Um, but I also know that like, I've been through some hard times in my life and that I know that they end and having been on the other side of things, um, part of my route, my move to San Diego was that I was honestly actively pursuing writing a new story for my life that I wasn't going to let the circumstances of what's happened to me in the past continue to define me and define my life and who I am amongst my friends or my community. And, you know, having survived a really challenging personal time, I've kind of already been through some junk, you know, and this was, this was another opportunity for me to continue to write a new story. And I didn't want my story to be the pandemic took away my wedding photography business mm-hmm. and I, and I had to get a job and I lost everything I loved as an entrepreneur and a creative, and I didn't take any risks and I didn't do anything with all the time given to me. And I I didn't want that to be my story at all. I didn't want to sit back and let the world take away so much from me. And so I actively pursued a new story. And 
I, I love the story I'm writing right now. And I love it because I don't know where it's going to end and where it's going to take me. And I have some really big dreams and visions that came about in trying to dream during a time of loss. And I'm excited to see what happens in the unknown, you know, and I'm more open to that surprise than I am in sitting and letting all these things affect me in such a way that I'm paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that so much and I'm sure so many other people do too. I mean, you know, a little bit of my story and starting a homeschool in the middle of a pandemic. And I think like for so many of us, it's like, yes, there's so much loss and devastation, but then it also has become, like you said, a catalyst for changing your circumstances or writing a new story. So I think, you know, you just articulating that it's a great reminder of, you know, even now as you know, life looks a little bit different still, you know, there's still an opportunity to figure out what life is pushing you towards or what you're being called to do. And that there's always an opportunity to pivot or to, like you said, take risks, make mm-hmm. change happen, you know, reflect on the things that you have or don't have um, and use that to move forward. Like what's, what's the next move? What's the next step? You know, how can you rebuild or, or shift in a way that continues to give you purpose? Um, yeah. And that's, that's really what your book speaks, at least to me of like, as I'm mm-hmm. flipping through and seeing these photos, it's a, a, a moment of reflection and a deep breath, but also kind of like this bubbling up of excitement of like, oh, what is the thing that I want to do? What is being revealed to me in my own story? So I think mm-hmm. so many people can connect with that. Yeah. And one thing, you know, in, in this whole last year was that like, making any moves was a good move. So even me jumping and trying to do something different in real estate, even though it ended up being a heck no, it led me to a heck yes. Like I was able to say, no, I don't want this. Yes, I want this. And sometimes when you're frozen and stuck in the middle of something, then nothing's going to change. And so even taking a step Um, what felt like in the wrong direction was actually a step that led me to the right direction. So I find that just making moves and doing something can create change that can lead you to something completely different. And it's just kind of being open to the possibilities and not trying to hold the script of your life so tightly and being really open to what one thing may lead to another thing. Absolutely. I always think that there's, you know, so many ways that you can pivot, Um, but it's good to acknowledge that sometimes you pivot in a direction that doesn't feel right because maybe it ends up leading you to where you are. Totally. I, I think I've seen that lived out in my own life so many times, but I also see it in the people that I love too, where I'm like, Hey, you know, you're in the middle of this thing and you don't realize that it's going to bring you or that it did bring you somewhere else. But when we're in the middle of it, sometimes we don't see that. Yeah, Absolutely. What has been just the the hardest part of this whole experience? Like, I want people to get a real sense of like what what you did and kind of what you went through. Can you tell us like length of trip, where you stayed, how how that all worked out, and then um, as far as like the actual book itself, flipping through it, you have these like anecdotes, these almost like journal entries, but like outside reflections that others can connect to. Can you share about those too and that writing process? Yeah, sure. Um, so it was really fun because I'm a Texas girl who moved to California and moving here. I learned that like people camp a whole lot. Like, I think it's just too hot in mm-hmm. Texas. That people <laughs> don't really do this. And so when I was trying to put together my trip, obviously I'd lost all of my income and cash flow, and I had to put together this trip as cheaply as possible. And I was like, okay, well, people seem to like 
camp and cars and they van life. And like, I was like, I could sleep in my car. I was like, I have a Honda CRV. <laughs> like it's not ideal, right? Like a little bit longer. I'm almost six feet tall. Um, so it was a little tight, but I was like, I can do that. Okay. So I'm going to camp in my car. I'm going to stay at campsites so that I can basically wake up somewhere really close to where I want to start or finish, um, where I want to shoot basically. And I got up every morning at sunrise. Um, well backtrack. So I drove from San Diego all the way up to Blaine, Washington, which is at the corner of where Canada and Washington meet. It took three days to drive straight there. I did as much coastal as I could just to kind of get a vibe of some of the coast because I've never driven the whole coast. And mm -hmm. so I get up to Blaine, Washington, and I took 27 days to drive south. And my routine for the day was to wake up for sunrise um, do like some, you know, shoot sunrise if it was there, write, and then start shooting the different spots that I would pin the day before. On my way up on the trip, I, I'd mark 70 locations I was going to photograph. And then at the end of every day, basically I plotted the next day's route. And the funny thing was that there was not a single sunrise on the trip. Um, and so I get up every morning, look out my window, check the forecast and be like, oh, it's foggy, hazy, whatever it is. Okay. So I'd, I'd write, I'd do yoga, I'd stretch, I'd plan the trip and then I'd just go. And I'd shoot from whenever I got out to the first place until sunset. And I had to like find campsites um, about in the middle of the day. Some states required, I booked them in advance. Um, some ran out of them. So I had to stay in like a cheap motel. And um, basically I just, I just shot for hours on end every day and I'd get back at the end of the night. I'd download all my images. I'd go through them and select the ones I want to edit when I got home. And when I finished the trip, I had photographed 28,000 images and I had 7,000 images I wanted to edit. And wow. oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> as a wedding photographer, the numbers didn't scare me terribly, but my editing style for landscape is different than how it will, how it is for weddings. So I was learning new editing. And when I got home, I basically had a timeline in my head of how quickly I wanted to produce the book because I work very quickly. And I basically set myself a, a production schedule. So in, I got back from the trip in mid-October. I wanted all of the images edited by Christmas. So I edited just continually, like every day for hours and hours. So I have this, these images to pull from for the book. And then I wanted my first manuscript done by, um, by mid-January. And I was off by a little bit because I was revisiting all the writing I'd done on the trip. And I was refining my essays, pairing them with the right images. And then I laid out the book in about a week, which is crazy because it's a 560-page book. <laughs> and I just sat down and I did it. It was like I had all the puzzle pieces. I had the essays, I had the 7,000 images, and then I just pulled them across um, in InDesign, had some layouts in mind, and just built out the book. And what was born was this massive book, and I showed it to a few people, and I was like, do you think it's too long? Do you think it's too much? And they were like, I don't know what you'd cut. I mean, they were like, everything's great. And I was like, well, this is just the baby that I created. So, you know, um, some people have a six pound baby. Some people have a nine pound baby. My, you know, baby was the bigger one. And then I started working on all the materials I needed to market the book. 
Um, after I spent about a month talking with publishers, um, I, I have never published a book before. I've never been a part of this process. So I interviewed uh, traditional publishing houses, hybrid pub publishing houses, and self-publishing um, opportunities. And I landed on self-publishing because honestly, the profit was gonna be better. And I thought that I would be able to find greater success on my own than trusting a publisher to take it. And the, the difference being that like, I'd only have to sell 2000 copies to make the same amount of profit that I would with 32,000 copies with a traditional publishing house. And for whatever reason, 32,000 copies seems like a lot um, for first, <laughs> first book. And I didn't know, I was like, I don't know if that will happen. And then I thought, well, 2000 copies, that seems doable, right? Like I could do that. So mind you, I, I'm a little crazy, you know, in, in my goals. And I was like, I could totally do that. So then I developed a marketing plan for myself and all the materials I needed. So I needed behind the scenes images. I needed professional author portraits. I needed somebody else with a design background to look over what I created, to tweak it and bring it to the best level possible. And then I needed, um, I commissioned somebody to create maps to be in my book, which I absolutely love. And so I put together this team of people. And then I'd also seen a short film by a photographer who was releasing a collection. And I was so moved by his film, I really wanted to be able to have a film too, to tell my story, because as much as I can tell you what I did, you know, there's something about another voice helping bring, bring life to what you've created. So um, I worked with my friend, Derek Watson of Lampstand Story Company, and he came out and we did four days of shooting. And I worked with um, Maggie Mahan of Magshots to do behind the scenes. I worked with Michelle for author portraits. Um, I worked with Mark Fallis on the typography. So I've been like assembling a team of experts to help me take this project to the, to a level of professionalism that I think the publishing world deserves and what my clients would deserve. Mm -hmm. And all this has taken a lot of time because I had to wait on one piece to do the next piece. So I had to wait on the video to do the website. I had to wait on the behind the scenes to finish out the book. I had to do all of these different things. And everything's kind of been like a domino effect. You know, I needed one piece to move forward. And then I was trying to set when I would run my campaign. And I also ended up hiring out a, a public relations uh, person and an ads manager for Facebook and Instagram. And so it's just been a really uh, a new adventure that I've just been piecing this together as we go, you know, and it's it's been exciting and fun. And but honestly, I just, I kind of miss shooting, right? Like I got to shoot this solid project for a month and then it's taken about 10 months to bring it to where it's ready to go to print. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of the process. I don't know if there are any other questions as far as that goes. No, I mean, it's just a true labor of love, you know, like the, yeah. it, it's when you talk about it, the passion of just the photography aspect is so real. I mean, waking up every morning, doing a little morning routine and then spending the entire day shooting. It's just so inspiring for, you know, for people to hear it. Like for me, it's like, that's how I feel about writing. So I'm like, I could totally do that. I could sit and write all day. Um, and that's the beautiful thing of like, to be reminded, I think what COVID has brought to the forefront is just, you know, the prioritization of passion needs to be there. And, you know, 
you went on this journey and were able to lean into those passions. And now it's like, you know, the labor of love of getting this from, you know, one step to the next step to the next step to getting it to where it is. Um, it's not an easy process. And I think sometimes we look at other people's things and we're like, oh, wow, you know, that looks so easy. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't look at yours and think that I'm like, that looks really hard, <laughs> but it also looks so rewarding. And it's such a wonderful um reminder of just life's beauty and what we can do and create in, if we really prioritize that and we put that passion at the forefront. Yeah. And one thing I'd love to note too, about the way I shot. So, um, it's a really interesting thing because typically landscape photographers, what they do is they spend, you know, one to one to three months in the location they're wanting to photograph and they wait for the right moment with the right light, with the right clouds, with the right conditions. And they, they basically plant themselves in one place. And for me, I've just never felt like that was true to life. Like it, I'd always see these beautiful landscapes and think like the world never looks like that all the time. And I wanted to bring this element of authenticity and realness to what the coast looks like, because I'd be shooting at noon in the middle of the sun. And like a photographer would never normally do this. Like you would never put forth work that you shot at noon on a bright, sunny day, because it's the light we'd call it. We'd say like the light is trash. Like what are you even going to shoot? And so it was this, again, this constant pursuit of authentic beauty that I wanted to bring to the book. And that's like, I, I was able to refine my vision as an artist and my heart as an artist in creating this project and executing it in a way that like, again, like what I'm putting forth, I feel like is a very real and authentic experience of what traveling the West Coast would look like, you know, even though it mm -hmm. doesn't look like that in a lot of fine art landscape photographers work because they're there you know, every day, you know, there'll be some people who will shoot the same exact location every day for six months to get the perfect image. And mm -hmm. I just haven't found that life's like that at all. And so I wanted to bring that forth in what I created as well. Totally. I mean, I think that's such an important point that yes, we could have these like perfectly crafted images. And I mean, you're like, I don't want to undervalue your photography at all because oh, yeah. it's, it is absolutely <laughs> beautiful. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like any of the images in the book Whoa. are not absolutely beautiful, but I love that you're authentic to what it, the experience mm -hmm. was like. Like you captured, you know, the haziness, you captured the fires. I mean, that's so real. And I think to me personally, like what I've connected with and looking at your book and hearing your story is just that there is beauty even on the ugly days. There's beauty in the pandemic. There's beauty in, you know, loss and fire and, you know, all of these things. So I love that you took an authentic journey and captured that authentic journey because yes, if somebody goes up the coast, they, they go up the coast, they go up and down the coast when they flip through mm -hmm. your book. And, you know, not only is it the photos that elicit these emotional responses, but then your reflections as people travel with you. I think it's a book that everybody needs to embrace and have in their home and flip through because it's just such a perfectly captured picture of like what the coast is like. It, I don't know. It speaks to my heart because I too am a transplant to San Diego. I came from Chicago area and the, the, the ocean was always calling to me since I was younger. Um, it's just something about, you know, exactly what you said, revealed at the edge. There's something that really has always drawn me to the ocean, to the feeling, to the as a creative person, I just sitting in the presence of 
the the water and hearing the waves and it it I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure your photography can explain it better than my voice can explain it, but it's just really that feeling of coming home in a sense to a place that maybe isn't even your home because it's it can't be a home because it's so limitless. Mm-hmm. It's just this feeling of deep profound connection and a grounding I think to the universe. Yeah, and that's it's honestly a lot of what I write about. Um and part of my point of view as an artist is that when I look at a landscape I see and can see how it can be like a reflection of the state of our heart or the state of our soul. And so like when I'm on these, uh, and this is again, what I write about and what my short film is about is that my, my images aren't just of rocks and things like they're of these places that have stories, just like we have stories that have shaped us. The coastline's so cool because it's been shaped by so much um, and in different ways in different areas of the coast are shaped differently. And so, you know, I I talk about in my film that basically like Malibu is really beautiful, but it's just sand. Like it's mostly just sand. It's chill. It's peaceful. It really hasn't been through much of anything. And you move up towards these other areas in like Oregon and it's like ripped apart. Like this area of the coast Mm -hmm. has been through something. And when I see things like that, like I see part of myself and part of my story and I see this jaggedness that's still really beautiful and it's rough. And that's the kind of stuff I write about in each of the things. And I I give a voice or a vision for each of the images that the essays are paired with. So that my hope is that people connect with the landscapes, that they connect with the words in it, that maybe that's how they identify with where they're at in their their life and their journey and their heart. Um, And it's just, it's a really fun thing that I was able to just like, this just poured out of me, you know, and that's one thing that I I learned about through the artist's way is that when you're tapped into your creative purpose and something that you're passionate about, it just flows. And I just have so much to share and so much to, to offer the world as an artist, to bring light to it as a photographer. And I, I really hope that this book really captures that and is a great jumping off point to, um, to allowing me to keep doing this as an artist. And I really hope that people will connect with the book and connect with um, the essays and the experience and the journey and be inspired in some way. And that um, somehow it will add beauty to their life in some way. I have no idea. It's been fun to watch people flip through it and what they connect to and what, when they sit with an image between their hands, like they, people have a different reaction than when you just see it on Instagram or see it on a digital, or see it on my phone. Like, it's something so disposable about the internet and the way that we use images that way. So again, bringing it to print, I think, brings it into another layer of experience. And that's my end goal, is getting this thing to print so that it can be experienced in the way I've created it to be experienced. Absolutely. Where can people find your account for the book? Like where can they find the Instagram? Where can they go to support the project? Can you share all of that with us too? And I will, of course, uh, add the links to the post so people can go directly there. Yeah. But just for, for those who are listening, maybe in the car, on the sure. on the journey, you know, remember this for so, later. <laughs> I mean, Instagram's where I'm sharing. Right now it's on Kickstarter because I'm trying to fund the print run. This is the, the side of self-publishing that is a challenge is promoting and selling something that doesn't technically exist yet. Um, So it's on Kickstarter and I've got to hit a certain goal to bring it to print. 
Um, so if you were to Google Revealed at the Edge on Kickstarter, you would discover the project there and that's how you can support it. You can also find it at revealedattheedge.com. Um, that's the website for the project and where I hope to store future projects. Um, I'm planning on shooting the East Coast in the fall and I've already started shooting the coastlines of South Africa. Um, so for right now, everything you can find on revealedattheedge.com. And then my Instagram is allisondavis.photography and it's two L's in Allison. And that's where you'll find the behind the scenes, the, how I'm creating this, where the project is, uh, a lot of reels, a lot of images, you know, anything you'd want to know, I'm trying to share. And right now I'm just looking for that support on Kickstarter to bring this project to life. And my hope is that then I will be able to sell copies myself, be able to send my book to stores, boutiques, hotels, um, museums, anything like this, so that they can do purchase orders to bring it into the store to be purchased. Absolutely. This is the most exciting and stressful part of self-publishing and the whole experience is putting it out there and being like, I hope other people resonate with this, but I, I resonate with this. I know so many people that I've talked to resonate with this. Um, it speaks to more than just your personal experience. It speaks, I think, to all of us, whether we live on the coast or not, whether we've been to the West Coast or not, you know, whatever our story is, there's something universally true about what is revealed to us and um, the beauty that we can find in um, so many different moments of life. So thank you for creating this. Thank you for creating the opportunity for inspiration for other people to create. Um, and just thank you for your openness and willing to share about the highs and lows of your journey, because I think um, it's important to hear, you know, the behind the scenes of what inspires us. So I yeah, appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for having me, Marissa. I really appreciate it. And I'm just grateful to have any capacity to share something that, that has affected me and what I've been able to create through it. And I'm just hopeful that it inspires somebody or in some way, you know, you just never know how your story will impact others. And so I'm hopeful in sharing it for those reasons.